Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Missiles continue to be fired into Israel from Hamas. Hamas, a terrorist organization supported by the Iranians. Now, ostensibly, we're supposed to believe this is all about a land dispute. Palestinians being thrown out of their homes. But is that the case? And what of this story of a building being taken out in Gaza, but it held journalists? Or is that more narrative as opposed to fact? In understanding what's going on, facts are important. Historical perspective is important. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. The phone number, 833-468-8669. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Aviv Ezra joins us right now. He is the Council General from Israel to the Midwest of the United States. And, sir, uh, I know it is a a Jewish holiday. It is Shavuot. It is the dedication of, of the Torah, and I appreciate appreciate you still taking the time to be with us. At last count, we know that it's 1,500 missiles that have been fired into Israel. Can you give us an accurate count of the amount of missiles that you believe have been fired and how many Israelis and of Palestinians, if you haven't, have been killed in this fighting? Yes, Tony, thank you so much for being on your show. Good morning. Uh, unfortunately, the numbers keep, keep emulating, and we are talking about more than seven days into the fighting and into the shooting against Israel. Uh, millions are in shelters. We, our numbers are 3,100 3, rockets that have fired the, directly that hit uh, the entire state of Israel. We got more than 10 Israelis that are killed. We got, uh, by the way, all of them, are, apart from one, are civilians. We got Hamas rockets that have continued to uh, to, 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 to fire towards Israel. And I have to tell you uh, that there is very good news. Uh, that One good news that I can put, which is the interception rate by Iron Dome, which is a missile defense system that was developed with the United States, is about 90%. This is a, a system that not only saves lives, but also prevents wars. Because I can tell you that if these rockets would have uh, penetrated Israel. Israel would have not had an option, but rather to go all hands against against Hamas. And in this sense, as I said, not only saving lives, but preventing wars. So let's dig in a little bit to what they make the claim is causing this. And I, and I say that for a reason. We'll, we'll get to it. This has to do with, with land disputes, as we're, we're hearing about it, right? This case, uh, it's front of the, in front of the Israeli Supreme Court. Uh, Sheikh Jarrah, I think I'm pronouncing it properly. So this is the idea of a land dispute. Now, I am not saying that this is actually the reason. I think the reason is much more clear, and I think most Americans and others around the globe know it. But I was hoping you could address what this legal case is so Everybody has the same level of understanding of what the claim is as to why Palestinians believe they're just randomly being thrown out of their homes. Yes. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you for diving deep. And I think it's important for your listeners to dive, to dive deep. I think Sheikh Jarrah is definitely not the story. Uh, Hamas is attacking Israel for its declared goal of eliminating Israel. And I, I, I would go into it in a second, but I want to say that logically speaking, if Sheikh Jarrah was the story of, the, of a dis- real estate dispute of, uh, of evacuation of six families from Sheikh Jarrah uh, uh, out of their homes because of a, a real estate judicial process, 
I would ask you, would they already have tens of thousands of missiles ready towards uh, shoot to, to, to be shot towards Israel? And the answer, of course, is not. Uh, their charter goal is to eliminate, annihilate Israel off the map. And this is definitely not the story. Hamas has exploited a legal matter, which is, uh, uh, they turned it into a nationalistic and religious issue in order to bring about an escalation, violence, and terrorism. And whoever links Hamas terrorist attacks and hundreds of rockets or thousands of rockets that are launched against the civilian population in Israel to the issue of Sheikh Jarrah is actually playing into the hands of this terrorist, terrorist, radical, murderous regime or organization, and they're granting legitimacy to terrorist activities. And you're right, it's about narrative versus facts. The facts are pretty clear. If you want, in one sentence, I would say 1948, Six of these locations were, uh, by the deeds, we have all the deeds, they belong to a Jewish fa- to six Jewish families that were evacuated in 48 by Jordan. In 1967, when, when, the Israeli, uh, when the Israeli forces came back to, to uh, Jerusalem, these families have decided that they are going to judicial process to, uh, to get back what, they, what belongs to them. By the way, there are hundreds of Jewish families that are evicted during, because of judicial real estate dispute in Israel. Nobody is, uh, is shooting 3,000 rockets upon civilians. So this is definitely hijacking a real estate judicial dispute, court case dispute, to a nationalistic and religious war. No doubt about it. Talking to Aviv Ezra, the Council General of Israel to the Midwest of the United States. So this quote-unquote property dispute. You have these Jews who were removed from their uh, property uh, in this, uh, this tr- when this uh, Transjordanian Arab Legion invaded the country and took Sheikh Jarrah and, and uh, the old city. They're making the claim, hey, this is our land. We want it back. Now, there is a idea of the court, and then there's the idea of the court of public opinion, where it looks really bad for Israel to be taking Palestinians out of their home. Then there's the idea that if these people get to stay in land that is not there, the Palestinians, the Palestinian Authority, Mahmoud Abbas, uh, others saying, you see, this is our land and we control it. But as you're pointing out, and it's the story that constantly gets pointed out, I discuss it here. Barry Weiss is discussing it in her substack. Uh, everybody who is, is anybody who has a, a deeper understanding of these subjects takes a look at this and says, yes, that's what Hamas says, but Hamas is a terrorist organization, and as you discuss, their belief and goal is the elimination of of Israel. So this property dispute conversation is not one as uh, progressive Democrats in the United States uh, refer to this as some kind of human rights issue, but rather this is about a survival issue for Israel. This brings us to the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who said that operations will continue until, and I'm quoting here, security of our people is restored. What are these operations, and does that include the total eradication of Hamas? Well, uh, that, that's, uh, that's a goal that, unfortunately, we will not be able to achieve because of a few reasons. First of all, they're shielding themselves and they're committing double war crime by shielding themselves with human shields and hiding behind civilians. They're shooting from hospitals, shooting from uh, schools. And there's no way, shape or form that an Israeli soldier will shoot upon uh, 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 any human shield. And by the way, the, our, our enemy, Hamas, knows that. So they're utilizing that and they're preventing us from really uh, eradicating uh, 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 effort that you have discussed. Second, 
obviously the UN and the EU will will not allow any opportunity to uproot uh, from from the roots uh, the Hamas organization, and that's not going to be uh, doable because they are continuously uh, hijacking. They are non-state actor that is hijacking a, a, a the entire Gaza Strip into their own favor. By the way, I'm hearing a lot of complaints from Palestinians from within Hamas against uh, Hamas, but they cannot do anything because at the end of the day, uh, Hamas is a regime which is murderous, radical, and vicious, and, and will continue being what it is against its own people. And lastly, we will try to seek a certain kind, and this is the goal of our activities, to seek a certain kind of a point. Look, since 2014, we were trying to, to reach a certain kind of equilibrium, but you cannot reach an equilibrium with an organization that its sole purpose is to eradicate you and annihilate you. So what we are trying to achieve at this point is a point where there is a high love, enough level of deterrence against Hamas that they understand that it is not worth the, uh, the price tag is not worth their effort to go after Israeli civilians in a sense that will push them to at least, at least as much as possible from trying that again. By the way, we did that with Hezbollah, if you remember, in 2006. And uh, Hassan Aswala said that one of his miscalculations is that Israel responded so harshly. So, yes, Hamas should know we will respond harshly when they're going after our civilians, our children, our elderly and innocent civilians in Israel. But to the idea of, of Prime Minister Netanyahu's statement that when the security, this will continue until, quote, the security of our people is restored, um, does that mean that the, that the shelling stops, that the missile stops, or does that mean that Hamas is no longer the, the, the ruling power of the Palestinian people? I think uh, the, a combination of the former rather than the latter with the point that I said that they will understand that they should not and would not and could not and need not go after Israel uh, once again. It's not within the calculus that they would uh, like to achieve. But to your question itself of eradicating Hamas, that at the end of the day has to come from within. The regime change has to come from within. We're, you know, we've, we've attempted that in, the, in Lebanon in the past. That, that does not work. We cannot impose on them whatever leadership we think it is. And I think the Palestinian Authority even though they're not big founders of the state of Israel and Zionism as a whole, they're a moderate force that need to extract Hamas, which is a very, as I said, radical, vicious, murderous regime, and not let them call the shots for the Palestinian people because it's against their own interests. Obviously, it's also against our interests. Let me move over to a story that you're hearing a lot in in American media circles. Uh, You're hearing a lot from... Uh, members of Congress, and that is this building in Gaza where Hamas was, uh, I guess, had some some offices, headquarters, if you will. You can imagine the level of well-prepared that they are. A building that also had uh, the Associated Press and Al Jazeera news outlets in it. Warnings were given. The building was destroyed. And Israel has been taking it on the chin for basically blowing up this building as if somehow this was an attack on media. How do you respond to those claims from members of Congress and others in the media apparatchik that this was a wrong move? This is actually a very clear and cut case. When you have Hamas embedded within media, embedded within uh, uh, buildings and uh, acting from their to go after Israel interests, including headquarters, including offices, including operations within 
within the same building. And we know that. And they're hiding cynically behind AP and behind Al Jazeera. And they know that we are very sensitive because that's, what, that's who we are. We, we have the freedom of press. We have the freedom for journalism. And they know that. And they're hiding and they're operating from that building against us. At a certain point, enough is enough. And AP and Al Jazeera should know that if they're on the 35th floor and on the 36th floor there is Hamas terrorist, and on the 39th floor there is a Hamas headquarters, and on the 40th floor there is a, there's a, a Hamas uh, operation room, they should know that they should not be allowing these terrorists to be embedded in their own operation. And Israel not only uh, is going to take it down, however, it's going to do it in a manner that will all, also take into account that there are journalists there. We have gave, him, uh, gave them, as you said, an advanced warning to the owner of the building, to all the people that are innocent civilians that are inhabiting their building, and we made sure that they are aware that we are not going to take it lying down anymore, that we'll take that, that, that building, by the way, in a very surgical manner. None of the other buildings surrounding it is a very new technology in terms of taking it down. None of the other buildings are hurt, and we take down this specific building because there are terrorists embedded in these activities of, 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 uh, of the building. Talking to Aviv Ezra, the Council General uh, from Israel to the Midwest. You can find him on Twitter at Aviv, A-V-I-V, Ezra, E-Z-R-A. I want to bring it to a little bit of American politics and the concept of narrative as, as we were discussing. Uh, you have Representative Ocasio-Cortez saying that apartheid uh, 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 democracies don't have apartheid. Uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib has called uh, not only Israel a, a racist nation, referring to a Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, but has called it an apartheid nation. Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis has agreed with Representative Rashida Tlaib in calling Israel an apartheid nation. How do you respond to that? First of all, I respond to that to working with uh, mainstream America and mainstream decision makers in America, including and not limited to the U.S. administration, the U.S. legislative branch, which hundreds of its members, uh, and including, as I said, uh, the, the governors and the state levels. Hundreds, I would say, vast majority of all that I mentioned right now including the president, all the way down from the president through secretary of state, through national security advisors, through the majority of the legislative, Democrats and Republicans alike, governors and state legislators, not only support Israel's uh, right for self-defense, they condemn 100 percent these terrorist attacks coming in shape of uh, rocket to Israel. Yes, you're right. They are very, I think, I would say very, they call themselves ultra-progressive or radical. I find it sometimes mind-boggling when ultra-progressive supporters uh, can support a radical regime like Hamas. If you are a supporter of of, uh, of progressive supporter, if you are a supporter of a liberal democracy, gay rights, LGBTQ rights, human rights, you cannot support Hamas. These are the number one human rights atrocity uh, makers in in the Middle East. You, You know, the same goes with Iran. If you're supporting... If you're a progressive, you can't support Iran. They're hanging gay. They don't have human rights. They don't have media rights. Sometimes it's just mind-boggling to understand how that circle goes around, and we have human rights supporters 
supporting human rights abusers. <laughs> I think it's just uh, uh, it's extremely disheartening. Uh, it's uh, very confusing. It's very worrisome and mind-boggling to see these kind of circles. But I don't want to focus on the extreme and the radicals. I want to focus on the majority of the U.S. Uh, decision makers and public opinion that understand the following equation. What would America do if 3,500 rockets would be shelled upon your cities? What would they do if, if, if 350 or 35 or one rocket, three rockets, would pull up on you? You will exercise your right for self-defense. And this is where America, genuine America, mainstream America, and decision makers are standing today. Well, I, before I let you go, I've got about 30 seconds. Uh, should Americans expect the end of this round of fighting? I hate saying it that way. I really do. do they, should they expect that to come in days, or should we expect this to go on for a while? We don't have an interest to prolong it, uh, uh, but one interest, which is to deter Hamas and to make sure they understand that if they will go after innocent civilians in Israel, Jews, Arabs, Christians alike, if they will go uh, continuously to attack Israel, there will be a price tag attached that is not worth their time. This is, this is the only goal that I can uh, put on it. Aviv Ezra, Council General uh, to the Midwest from Israel on Twitter at Aviv Ezra, A-V-I-V-E-Z-R-A. Uh, I, hope, uh, I hope your Shavuot is fun and enjoyable and there's some good study for you. Aviv Ezra, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. Pray for the peace for Jerusalem. Thank you. With that, we're doing more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> I love this story. Oh, it wasn't shared at all about Biden getting upset with Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, who, by the way, knows nothing about health nor human services. This is a radical progressive. He was in Congress. He was the Attorney General of California. That's why he got the gig. What a time not to have anybody with any medical experience or logistical experience in the position. And there he is in the Oval screaming at him because, you know, uh, things aren't getting done well on the border. And look at all the kids and what's happening here. Now, what's so interesting about the story is that I always thought it was only Trump who had infighting with his staff, right? Everything in the Obama team was perfect. Obama never met with his cabinet guys. He didn't care. It was Obama's world. He didn't need anybody else. So no one should be surprised. But it turns out administrations have a, they have presidents who voice themselves. No, no one's going to report on it. No one infighting in the, in the Biden administration. I have so much to get to, including more about wokeness. This is Tony Katz today. This month or next month? I don't think I've ever actually lived through the cicadas. They make the noise and it freaks people out and it's just crazy, super loud. I don't think they've already found them in Indiana. I don't know. I don't know where else they are. I don't know else where you look for them. According to this, I mean, Nebraska is mostly safe. 
right? But Missouri, Iowa, uh, oh, Illinois is doomed. Indiana has it rough. And then you, you get the places on the East Coast, right? So I remember it from Jersey, but I don't remember it being like crazy loud. I don't remember that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys on Facebook. Tony Katz Radio. Go to TonyKatz.com. Get the podcast. Support the show. You no longer need to wear a mask out there in the world. Well, let me let me be clear. You don't need to wear a mask if you're vaccinated, but no one's going to ask. Well, look, someone may ask the question, but you don't have to answer them. Either way, it's the CDC changing the rules of the game, and people are like, well, this is gloriously convenient now, isn't it? Just incredibly convenient that you would change the rules right now. This is exactly the question that Peter Ducey of Fox News asked to Jen Psaki. Thank you. There are a lot of questions about the timing of the CDC's announcement yesterday. So did somebody at the Biden administration or in the Biden administration update this guidance for political reasons? No. So Let's go back. You don't think Americans believe that the guidance on masks outdoors was updated for political reasons? Well, then, Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, you're the only one. You are 100% the only person who believes this because everybody else is like, oh, that was done for political reasons. It was a month and a half ago where Joe Biden was referring to Republican governors as having Neanderthal thinking for daring to say, hey, no more mass mandates. Now, they didn't say you can't, you have to not wear a mask. They said we're no longer going to mandate it from the state. As if somehow that's the end of days. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Don't be silly. Don't be ridiculous. But they were told they had Neanderthal thinking a month and a half later on a dime. And a week later, when you learn that everything about the outdoor uh, point of view, the outdoor studies was was all farce. The outdoor study that said 10 percent spread. You're outdoors. The chance of you getting something about you got a 10 percent chance of of getting COVID. No, you have less than a point one percent chance of getting COVID. CDC messed up understanding the data. We're getting the data from the study out in Singapore. So it's not political? Hmm. Well, explain it to us. So what was the medical or scientific reason? What was the big breakthrough to do this yesterday? Well, I know that Dr. Walensky did an extensive number of interviews yesterday to answer exactly that question. But as we've talked in here quite a bit about, the CDC, not just Dr. Walensky, but her entire team of health and medical experts are constantly reviewing the data to ensure that they can provide accurate and up-to-date guidance to the American people. So based on three factors, as she talked about yesterday, vaccines work in the real 
world. We've seen a lot of studies done on that, including internally in the federal government. Vaccines stand up to the variants, which at various times has been a concern about uh, the need to continue to masking to mask even as you after you're vaccinated. And vaccinated people are less likely to transmit the virus. That's how they came to the decision. And that's what she conveyed yesterday when she announced the decision. First, every time Jen Psaki speaks, she is just so rude. Oh, maybe it's me and it's just the way I hear her. Oh, she, like, like it's just this constant attempt at belittling. And and if, if if that thing actually makes you feel belittled, well, then that's that's on you. But I do notice when people try and do it, I'm like, that's just that's just wicked ugly, just ugly. Secondly, you didn't answer the question. What you did was go through some data about what the science does show, but we have seen the science show lots of things and you still pushed for masks. So it's acceptable to ask the question, was this move political? And it's hard not to think that it wasn't. And if you're going to get mad at anybody for noticing that something's political, get mad at yourself. You're the ones who made it all political. You made it all political. Every hour of every second of every day, you made it political. We didn't want this. We want to be able to trust the CDC and get some information and make sure our families are safe. And you know what you did? (laughs) Screw that. How do we make the virus political? How do we make the response political? How do we make decisions political? It's super ugly. It is super duper, duper ugly. And people have lost faith. So she should not be so flip, so glib. Now, you can say to me, Tony, I don't think she was flip or glib. She gave you three reasons. No, no, no. She could have given those three reasons a month or two ago, right? When we saw things happening. The decision was you had uh, Dr. Walensky. Say, hey, you know, uh, your 10-year-old playing soccer, yeah, still needs to wear a mask. 10-year-old playing soccer needs to wear a mask? That's when people said, okay, this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Then there was, oh my gosh, Senator Richard Burr, North Carolina, asking questions of of Dr. Fauci, I forget the, the guy in the middle, and Dr. Walensky. About, well, it, it, listen, if the virus, if the vaccine works so well, the vaccine's so important. Uh, talk to me about your staff. Okay, this this question, uh, I'm going to go to Dr. Fauci, Dr. Marks, and Dr. Lewinsky. Um, what percentage of the employees in your institute, your center, or your agency of your employees has been vaccinated? You know, I'm not 100% sure, Senator, but I think it's probably a little bit more than half, probably around 60%. Dr. Marks? I, I can't tell you the exact number, but it, it's probably in the same range. Some people vaccinated at our facility and others at uh, outside of the facility. Dr. Winsky. We're encouraging um, our employees to get vaccinated. We've been doing town halls and education seminars. Um, we have the, our staff have the option to report their vaccination status, but as you un- understand, the federal government is not requiring it, so we do not know. First, I'm pretty sure Senator Burr referred to her as Dr. Lewinsky. As opposed to Walensky. This is, this, this, this is not Monica Lewinsky. It's a very different person. Just so we're all clear. Secondly, 50%, 60%? Okay. These are the people who have the data and they don't necessarily trust the data. Is that what I'm supposed to gather and grab from this?
They don't trust it, but how dare the American people not trust it? Look, I don't think one should be anti-vax. I'm not anti-vax. I don't think one should be upset with others who don't rush to have their children vaccinated. I think that's going to take some time. There's got to be some buy-in there. Does the vaccine change your DNA? I don't think so. Can the vaccine have a side effect? I guess everything can have a side effect. Get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. Just don't use the CDC and these government agencies to abuse us, to treat us poorly, to, to, to think poorly of us, to try and manipulate us. We see you. And, and for, for uh, Jen Psaki not to understand that, or the administration not to understand that, then again, it doesn't matter if she understands or not. This, this is her modus operandi, right? Just be rude. Be condescending. Now, the way I get around this is I end each day with an Omaha steak. I pull it right, pull it right out of the fridge, and then I, I start cooking. That's, that's the way I do it. I actually have burgers uh, just, just waiting uh, to go because, you know, when you, when you get your Omaha steak, you throw it right in the freezer, and then you're like, ooh, I, I want to eat one. Boom. You pull it out. It's a frost. Next thing you know, you're having it done. And with the Let's Go Grill package, you can make this happen. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter keyword Tony. It's right there in the search bar. Enter Tony, T-O-N-Y, in the search bar. And what you're going to get are the Butcher's Cut Filet Mignons. You're going to get the boneless pork chops. You're going to get the boneless chicken breasts. You're going to get the kielbasa sausages. You're going to get the, the sides, the scalloped potatoes, the desserts, with the caramel apple tartlets, the seasoning. And when you use promo code Tony, you will get 12 Omaha Steaks burgers. That's for free. Also, $20 off at checkout on your first order. That's omahasteaks.com. Very cool story about this family that came over from Latvia and then settled in Omaha. Next thing you know, they are the premier butchers of of America. OmahaSteaks.com. Enter keyword Tony in the search bar. OmahaSteaks.com. Keyword Tony. I promised I would get into a conversation about wokeness because it never ends, right? There are multiple things happening in, in America that do require our attention, and it's kind of busy to give it all the attention that it requires because, you know, we're working for a living and taking care of our families and doing other things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's a pleasure, guys. I do what I can to help with that, right? Be the one who can say, okay, here's some of the things that are going on. And certainly not all the things that are going on. And just be able to give some thoughts and ideas to it that can maybe be of service in you learning more about the thing. You know, I'm a believer that if if a radio host is doing their job right, I'm not telling you what to think. I'm giving you something to think about. There, there is 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 a difference. Uh, Joe Rogan, I think, hit this right, and this is about wokeness and what does it mean. Now, I bring this up to you. Not because you haven't thought this before, but I think that Rogan's going to get vilified for saying it, yet I'm not so sure he's off base. This Remember, he got vilified for saying, do you, if, you, if you're young and healthy, do you need to take the vaccine? I don't think so. Which was, was fine. Because do you go to Joe Rogan for medical advice? I'm not even being rude to Joe Rogan. Do you come to me for medical advice? What have I said? Wear a mask. Unless you don't want to, in which case, don't wear a mask. 
Does a mask clearly block something? Yes. Does it block COVID? Doesn't seem that way. Studies don't show it. You want the vaccine? Knock yourself out. You don't? Okay. Does the vaccine warp your DNA and turn you into the lizard people? No, it does not. Does the vaccine guarantee you won't get COVID? No, it does not. I think it's an honest assessment. Some people are going to decide you're not doing enough to get people vaccinated. I'm going to decide, hey, kiss my butt, because that's the way it is. Joe Rogan never had to walk back for a second what he said. I didn't even think he necessarily walked it back. All right? Uh, some, someone had said, uh, oh, Joe Rogan uh, cowered uh, to, the, uh, to, the, to the mob. What are, you, what are you talking crazy? Someone said, hey, man, I don't think that's cool. And he said, what? Don't listen to me. That's cowering to the mob? That's, that, it's just the silliest thing ever. Meanwhile, he's doing his podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. You can listen to it after you listen to me. Get the podcast over at TonyCats.com. And you can never be woke enough. That's the problem. It keeps going. It keeps going further and further and further down the line. And if you get to the point where you capitulate, where you agree to all these demands, it will eventually get to straight white men are not allowed to talk. Right. Because it's your privilege to express yourself when other people of color have been silenced throughout history. It, it will be, you're not allowed to go outside because so many people were imprisoned for so many years. I mean, I'm not joking. No, I know. I know. It really will get there. It's that crazy. You yeah. know, we just got to be nice to each other, man. And th- there's a lot of people that are taking advantage of this weirdness in our culture. And then that becomes their thing. Their thing is calling people out for their privilege, calling people out for their position is he wrong did he say something bigoted or cruel or did rather he note what happens when you play a game to the end it's been a long time since i've engaged this conversation very often you'll hear me say when we saw something and we're like okay here's how it's going to go down it goes down that way and it's like, oh my gosh, we're geniuses. How'd you know that? It is very often has very little to do with, with having some kind of, of uh, intellectual capacity above somebody else's. Right? What it has something to do with is being honest about what it is you're seeing and what it is you're experiencing. And taking someone's theory and playing it to the end. You, you believe that you're able to save $15 an hour for a living wage. Well, once you start putting a number to the concept of a living wage or whether or not to the idea that a living wage even exists, well, then you can clearly play that out to its end and realize there's never enough. Never. There will always be somebody saying, well, the living wage now, based on our calculations, is $9,233 an hour. The same can be said of reparations. Reparations. America has to pay black America. Okay, what's the number? What's the number is the most inconsequential part of the conversation. The part of the conversation, if you're playing it out to the end, that matters is how does this generation of black Americans, how will they get the next generation of black Americans to accept the deal? And what happens if that next generation doesn't? Reparations is $500 billion 
I, I, I threw a number out there. Someone's going to tell me that's too low. And there, there you're in for a whole other thing. And then another generation is going to say, $500 billion. We didn't get any of that. No, no, no. $600 billion. Let's go. How do you get them to accept the deal? A question, by the way, no one has ever been able to answer. Tanisha Coates doesn't answer it, and, and Cornell West doesn't answer it. Now, maybe I haven't asked uh, with directed, uh, directly en- enough. I should. I'd be curious. I oppose the idea of reparations. I oppose it all the way around, right? Regardless of, of the situation that, you, that, that you're in. But is Joe Rogan wrong just to say this? Eventually, it means straight white men are not allowed to talk. We see this on college campuses. He's saying something we already have proof of. And to further this, don't we see in high schools right now and in middle schools right now, this desire to teach CRT, critical race theory, that teaches the idea of the oppressor and the oppressed, teaches that some people are, are, are uh, hurting others, anti-racism that says people are guilty for the color of their skin. Oh, wait till you hear about the people who are tracking you for being opposed to them. I've got that story. It's happening in my backyard. This is Tony Katz today.